Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Think about some of the things that made you who you are. And I kind of want to get into this. I'm not going to get so deep into different points and all that. But hopefully, uh, if there's one major point that is emphasized, hopefully you catch it and it does something, uh, draw something great out of you and from you. Uh, but you've probably heard this saying, and, and right there from your home, and if you're here today, it's pretty cool to, to see somewhat of a, a small little crowd. Don't, don't think the crowd is more than 10. I think we're still under 10 in here as I look. But it still feels like a crowd when we're used to five or six or seven of us. There's a little bit of a crowd here. There's 10. Amen. But, uh, but raise your hand right there where you're at. You've probably heard this saying, right? Don't forget where you come from. How many of us have, have heard that, right? Don't forget where you come from. Um, it, here at our church, right, when you walk in, we have pictures and, and uh, pictures of our very first services in backyards and in small little living rooms and stuff like that. And people say, why do you have those pictures up? Well, it's just to remind us, you know, not to forget uh, where we come from. And in life, we say that. Don't forget where you come from. And it's often said uh, to an individual who has received great success. They're reminded not to forget their humble beginnings. And that's what it's about, right? Don't forget where you come from. The humble beginnings. Often you see celebrities and athletes and so forth, and, and they go to their old neighborhoods, and they go to their schools, and they sometimes even give back to those communities. And in interviews, they say things like, well, these places are what helped make me and helped made me uh, become who I am today. And you've heard them say that on interviews and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's so interesting, you know, to see some of these stories and to hear some of their upbringings and how they got to where they're at. Uh, I'm fascinated by some of those things. But, I, you know, I also start to think about that. I say, wow, I look at, you know, I thought about the Hebrew people, for example. And if you think about the Hebrew people and who they would become and even who they are today. But it would take them going through the process. And I like that word process. Process could mean many things. Uh, but it, it took them going through a process of what? Of harsh taskmasters. These taskmasters in Egypt. And, and, and it was rough for the Hebrew people. They, they also went through the schooling of the wilderness. And, and many other what we would call processes which the Lord allowed and used uh, many uh, to do what he had to do, to do the work in them. And whether it was through the Assyrians or the Babylonians or the Persians or the Greeks or the Romans, I mean, we could go down the list, right? I mean, they're still here and their stories of their ancestors are still carried out today because it's part of them. It's part of who they are. It's part of what they are. And it's, it's their culture. It's their history. And they speak it and they tell the stories. It's, it's, it's what makes them who they are today. I, I am a, an American from Cuban descent. And as a Cuban-American, I never knew that country of old. I never knew it, but I could only relate to the one destroyed by a communist dictator. That's it. 
But the stories of generations before me, they're part of me and they're part of many other Cuban Americans. Their struggle and their sacrifice, their pain, it has, it's what has allowed for me and many others to, to be here today. And, and to even be successful and have the chance to be successful today. And this is true to so many. For so many, many are living in success today, but it was paved through the heartache and through the horrendous circumstances as slavery, for instance. And, and yet, here we are today, we have the opportunity, uh, and, we're av- and it's available to us to be successful because of the struggle of even generations before us. And then I think about the church. And since our great leader, we have seen the hand of the oppressor try to destroy us. I love what Peter writes in 1 Peter. And if you have your Bible, if you have your notepad and your pen there, you should write down this passage and maybe uh, take some time and, and do a deeper study in it and, 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 and read it and develop it some more. But I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, I'm going to start off in verse 12. And, and Peter writes something that hopefully it encourages every single one of us today. Because I just said this. I spoke about the Hebrew people and I spoke about all the struggles of time past. And, and even maybe in your own life and the stories of your families and, how you, you, and who you are today. And, and the reason why you are today and, and, and think about it, some of the success stories of today, it wouldn't be possible with some of the struggles of the past. And here is Peter, and Peter writes something that is so important for the church that was going to enter into what he would call fiery trials, into struggles, into moments of where they're going to be tried and moments in where it was going to be difficult for them. Chapter 4, 1 Peter, verse 12, it says this. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. Love that, right? The fiery trial is going to try you. Don't think it like it's something strange. But rejoice. Instead of being concerned, instead of being worried... Peter says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. That's, a, that's powerful. My suffering is partaking in Christ's suffering. I, I can share in Christ's suffering. Uh, this is especially true when it comes to persecution of the faith. For the church, they would be persecuted of their faith. Um, in many areas in this world today, uh, many are uh, persecuted uh, In their faith. And just think about that. And because of their faith. Some, their lives are in danger or are at risk because of their faith. And Peter says, don't count it strange when you enter these persecutions. Don't count it strange when you enter these fiery trials as though though it's some strange thing. as, 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 As it's this thing that should be concerning you. But instead you rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. That when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. So in the midst of that suffering, there is a faithfulness of the Lord in which his glory will be revealed to the believer. Verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit 
of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Powerful verse, man. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in people's matters. And I underline verse 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this matter. That's, that's powerful. If there's anyone that's suffering, lift up your head, puff up your chest, walk straight, and don't be ashamed, but glorify God in this matter. In what matter specifically is Peter speaking about in this text? In suffering, in suffering, glorify God. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end for those who do not obey the gospel of God. That's, that's verse 18. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him. In what though? In doing good as to a faithful creator. This is such an important text, such an important passage to the church written by Peter. And, 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 and it's based off trials. It's based off fiery trials. It's, it's based off suffering. And, and yet there has been some trials in these days. And, and for some, there has been some suffering for some in these days. And maybe we can't relate it specifically to the church that Peter is writing to. But to our own personal life, we could still make some sense of some of this context in this passage here. And yet Peter is reminding that in the midst of all these things, he is telling us, glorify God in these matters. These matters were not meant to destroy you and conquer you and have dominion over you, but you are called to rise above it and glorify God in these matters. These are the things that make us who we are today. I mean, imagine who we would be today if everything was easy. Imagine who we would be today if everything would just come to us on a silver, silver platter. Imagine if everything was just so easily accessible to all of us and we were so spoiled in everything and in anything that we can do. But it's in the struggle and it's in the pain, it's in the fiery trial that when we come out of it, we could take a breath and look at ourselves and say, how is it that you are who you are today? And we look at people and say, well, let me tell you a story of what I've been through and gone through. These are the things that make us who we are today. And we can't ignore the suffering. And we can't ignore the pain. And we can't ignore the fiery trials. God would use them though they seem bad and horrific and they're concerning and they sometimes can steal your joy though it shouldn't. What happens is he is turning it around and his hand is working something glorious in every single one of us so that we could learn that even in these matters we would glorify God. Glorify him. And if we suffer, suffer good, suffer well. I've always heard people say this. If I'm just going to fall in sin, I'm going to sin well. You know, so, uh, we'll talk about 
what we feel about that after, but whatever. But it's almost as if Peter's saying, if you're going to suffer, you're going to suffer well according to his will, then, then, then you do it well. It's for his glory. It's for his name to be glorified. It's him. It's to our faithful creator. Uh, Peter's writing here is, is so powerful. It's so true. You know, it doesn't just, it's not just Peter. Peter's not just talking and emphasizing the place of fiery trials. I mean, I could go for weeks just talking about all of Paul's letters. But Paul is heard over and over rejoicing in sharing with Christ's suffering. He's always talking about sharing in Christ's suffering. And he even writes this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 17, he says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So I'll say what I said a moment ago. Since our great leader, we have seen the hand of the oppressor try to destroy us. Key word there is try to destroy us. How, 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 how long have the people of God, have they been tried and, 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 and pushed against the wall to, to be destroyed? I mean, we could take it as far back as, as Eden if you want, where God's sons and daughters have always been attacked and tried to stop the move of God on earth. Since, and then Jesus comes, and since our great leader, we've seen a mighty hand fall. The hand of the oppressor to try to destroy what would be the early church as we read it in the Bible and still being alive today. Listen, our Messiah, our Lord, his spirit, and his teachings live in us. How many of you could say amen? You know, I love that. I love that when Jesus resurrects, like, we won. And they're like, no, actually, you didn't. What, what happened was I gave birth. <laughs> you, you thought you got rid of me, but by getting rid of me, look at all my sons and daughters. I gave birth. And, and what happens is everyone now, as Jesus goes to sit at the right hand of the Father, everyone inside of them has the Spirit living with them and the teachings living with them. And, and, and you know, Jesus, in a way, yeah, he wrote the whole Bible, but in a way, his hands never wrote not one page from the Bible. Every single word from the Word of God. Yes, inspired scripture by God, but it was written by his sons, by, by, by his children. And that's a powerful thing to remember. Listen, our Messiah, our Lord, his spirit, his teachings live in us. And for generations, listen, they have tried to put a stop to an organism that is living. That is living and it is not confined to a building in order for it to live. And you know what's happening in this world? The church is recognizing or people are recognizing that the church is not just a living organism that lives within four walls. But we're learning that the church is beyond the four walls. And we are not confined to the walls in order to live. Why? Because we will meet in the private if need be. We'll meet in the woods. We'll meet in basements. We'll meet in parks, we'll meet in different homes, 
but the stories of our brothers and our sisters, of our Lord, of his teachings, all this stuff lives within us and we won't stop living. We are a living organism being put together person by person. Amen. We are encouraged. We are encouraged by the faith of past brothers and sisters. We're encouraged by their faith and by their boldness that even through dire and difficult moments, we will continue as 1 Corinthians 15.2 teaches us. What does 1 Corinthians 15.2 teach us? To hold fast to the word that has been preached to us unless we have believed in vain. So we're encouraged by their faith. You know, I, I, I read the stories of Hebrews 11. I, I read the stories of many who have been persecuted. I read the magazines of like Voice of Martyrs. And I tell you that I'm encouraged by their faith and boldness. And, and I'm strengthened by Paul's letter. And when he says, hold fast to the word which has been preached to you. Unless everything that you have believed is in vain. Unless it gives a bad testimony to those witnesses that are, their eyes are on you. So powerful. This organism is alive today. And person by person with each salvation is being put together. Is becoming more and more alive. But it is all possible because of the sacrifices of those before us. For many have laid down their lives for the name of Jesus. And for the power in which the gospel holds. Many, and our faith is strengthened, and our hearts beat when we speak of their stories. DC Talk, I think it was, wrote a book, and it's, it's thick, it's a thick book, and it's the stories, it's, it's just story after story after story of persecuted Christians, persecuted and even martyred Christians, and they published it, and it's in many of our living rooms today, and those are the stories, our brothers and sisters who lay down their lives for Jesus and the power in which the gospel that they believe in and what it holds. You know how we know that the gospel holds power? Because we're willing to die for it. And why, why would you be willing to die for something that has no power? That power has resonated so deep in your soul that you're willing to lay down your life for it. This organism is being made alive still today. And do you know that every time someone is saved... There's another part of this organism that is being established and God is doing a mighty work. Amen? Our faith becomes strengthened. Our hearts, man, leap up when we hear and talk about these stories. These are the things. This is what helps make people who they are today. These are it. These are the things. And don't ever lose the importance of the process. Don't ever lose the importance of the lessons, the teachings of the process. As you reach especially as you reach the height of success. I, I want to I make sure you know this. If you ever have to go through affliction, rejoice in the affliction because it's preparing us, as Paul writes, for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So I'll repeat 1 Peter 4.16 again. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in this matter. We're entering days that should not weaken our faith, but days in which Paul tells us in Philippians 2.12, work out your salvation, your own salvation, not someone else's, your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Also, Peter reminds us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never fail. The ESV says, verse 11, this way. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're entering days that should not weaken our faith, but strengthen. These are the things that make us who we are. Amen. And, and just pause on that for a moment. I want to talk to the moms now for a little bit and all that because it is Mother's Day. But, but think about these things for a second. And as we, as we pause on this right here, on this passage, and in and, and this thought right here, think, of, think about what God is speaking to us. Who are you today and what has made you? And, and think about the struggles. Hopefully it's making you better. Hopefully... It's clearing what is needed to be cleared, purifying what needs to be purified, straightening the things that have been crooked. And as we take this moment here and we say, think about moms, because many moms are watching, and, and, and if you're watching and, and maybe hearing, yeah, we, we, we don't want to just pause and say and wish you a happy Mother's Day only. And, and we do that. We do wish you a happy Mother's Day but to most of us, it's so important that you understand this, that to most of us, you are a big part of what made us who we are today. It's because of who you are, mom, and what you've done. This is why, and this is who we are today. And to all the godly parents, today we thank you. To all the godly parents, we thank you. Because the importance of these things that we're speaking about, we believe this. It begins at home. It all begins at home. Listen, godly parents pave the way for children to follow. Every story you tell and teach is weaving your child together and it's building them up little by little. Every decision you make, the words you speak, the importance you give his word and his calling, the clarity of your conviction, the words of faith, the acts of faith, the way you respond, the way that you react, it's all a schooling for your children. That your child will one day look back and say, they helped me, my parents helped me, who, they, they helped make me who I am uh, today. Think about that, parents. Think about that, moms. What a responsibility this is. What a ministry and, and to all the moms that have tried, or maybe you're trying your best, and those that are doing it well, man, we, we can't just thank you enough. Thank you. But we can learn something from you and from all of this that we're speaking about. And I want to talk about two small little passages, and I'm going to grab a little verses from these passages, specifically in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says this, it says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you, crown you with grace and it will be a chain of honor around your neck. I mean, sometimes as a child and growing up, you could look as we opened up our message here, you could look at that as suffering, but as children, we don't know suffering when we think we're being grounded or think that something's being taken away from us, or, or maybe we, if we're spanked, and we think, oh, God, the world is crumbling, and that is the worst of our life, because I can't believe our parents just did this, and, um, and, and those are the things that are making you who you are today. 
But, but, but here is Proverbs, and, and I want us to notice and, and learn something from what he says here. He, he's, look at his audience. He says, my child, listen to, and he's going to point at the father, and he's going to point at the mother, and he's talking about the unit, which is the family. And he says, listen when your father corrects you. What does that mean? Um, as your father disciplines you and corrects you, there's a lesson to be learned in it. Meaning, in every correction from a father, it's not to harm the child, but from every correction of the father, it's to build the child. It's to strengthen the child. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them, not just from, from mom, but from them, it's a crown of grace and a chain of honor on your neck. One commentary puts it this way. The training in wisdom referred to in Proverbs includes instructions in the home by father and mother. It is the father. It starts with here. The father who, who knows how to correct. It doesn't expect children to be perfect. But, but what's a beautiful thing about a father, it gives room for failure. Why does it give room for failure? Because if not, you'll never have the opportunity to teach. So we don't expect for perfection, but we give room for failure in order to teach. And this word correct is not just about no son. That's not the right answer. This is the right answer. When you look at that word, it deals with the word discipline. Discipline is the key word there. Because what we learn is that disciplined parents and a, a disciplined father will be what effectively teaches disciplined children. See, discipline is not to beat or to punish or even to scream. Disciplined means to disciple. Sometimes we grab the word discipline and we think it means I'm going to take off my belt and I'm going to yoke you one time or I'm going to knock you out one time. But the reality is that the word discipline, the root word there is disciple. So in disciplining, we are doing what with the children? We are bringing forth a proper form of discipleship. And that's powerful. Some people don't know what it means to stand as a true disciple even before the Lord because they can't even take proper discipline from God. We'll never be able to be a true disciple if we can't take what? The form of discipline. So in order to be any kind of disciple, we also must take forth the discipline of God. And it's the same thing as children before their parents. See, this is such a beautiful thing. Your disciples begin at home. They're ready to take the power of his name and the word into this world. But here's the question for every family watching. Do they encounter Jesus? See, we're living in days in days that, that they better be encountering Jesus. They better be going through the training at home, have encounters and, and stuff. You see, have encounters, parents, and speak them to your children. Why? Because they need them. They need your stories. Why do they need your stories? Because they need to hunger for the stories that you tell them. They need to chase the stories that you tell them. See, the world is not promised to get better. I want everyone of us to know that the world is not promised to get better. But it is promised that you are to get better. And that your family is to get better. The glory of the Lord is over each one of us and over our families. And that we would take the veil from our faces that separates us from God. And that we would take the veil off which separates us from God's greater glory for us. That we would not just quote and encounter, uh, that we would not just, uh, better yet said, quote or live, but that we would begin to uh, 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 quote or speak, but that we would begin to live and encounter 2 Corinthians 3.18 in its truth. But with 
But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. ESV says from one degree of glory to another degree. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to bring all of this together in a moment. In about a few minutes. So, So we see the importance of all of this. And then it says mothers... These are mothers who give instruction. These are are mothers who have grace in their words for their children. Who have the word in them. And, And in this phrase and in this passage in Proverbs, it is a mother who has a voice, but it's specifically a prophetic voice to their children. Meaning you give direction, and you give direction specifically through his word. The word that's in your mouth, that's rooted deep down inside your heart. And it comes out of your lips. Proverbs says, don't neglect your mom's, your mother's instruction. Do you know that the word instruction there in the Hebrew is Torah? Which is the word which we get Torah. So when it says the word, when it says do not neglect your mother's instructions, do not neglect your mother's Torah, which also means Torah. And what does that say about moms? Mothers, you are to have the word of the Lord as a tool and as an element in which builds up your children. That's powerful. Verse 9 says, what you learn from them will, will, will crown you with grace and will be a chain of honor around your neck. I want to read this. It says, The custom of adorning oneself with jewelry has not changed much in thousands of years. Jewelry is a status symbol and serves as an item of beautification. Solomon gives a clear picture that parents, more specifically the instruction of parents, are not to be despised. Instead, they should be seen as treasures. The wise instructions of a parent, like fine jewelry, are often obtained at great cost. They have history and value and can even be passed along to future generations. Let me think about this for a moment. These are the things that make us who we are. Further, those who actively use the wisdom of their parents will see it reflected in their lives. And other people will notice the wise choices, wise behavior, wise words, just as someone will notice the fine jewelry a person puts on. Where do you get the clothes? Where did you get the crown? Where did you get that chain? And, And we say, I get it from my mama. I get it from my data. I get this from the generations past and what they've clothed me in, the treasures of wisdom, the treasures of the word of God. And that's what this is trying to describe here. It's making us who we are. It says in terms of wisdom, this is far better than jewelry since wisdom can be spread to others who see it and then learn from it. So all I could say is, moms, what are we to do? We are to continue to instruct. Even when it gets frustrating, you saw the video that we just put. It gets hard. But what do we do when it gets hard? We continue. And you continue to what? Don't give up. You continue to instruct. Continue to crown with grace. Keep teaching because there is great value in your words. Continue to give out treasures of wisdom to sons and to daughters who sit at your table. It it lives on us like priceless and honorable chains around our necks. You know, I could stand here today, and though 
I've said this so many times publicly. I could, I could maybe do 10 things, 20 things, 100 things of thanking my mom for certain things in my life. But there's one thing that has been embedded in, in me. And it's thank you, mom, that I would see you every single morning praying and open your word before you did anything else. That struck me as, oh, this is what I should do. This is a discipline in which I should pick up. Think about that. Think about what that means. It lives on us like priceless and honorable chains around our necks. All right, I'm, I'm going to be close now to, to wrapping this up and, and bringing it together. I'm going to get into Proverbs uh, chapter 14 uh, verses. Uh, let's go to verse 1 and 2. Proverbs 14, verse 1 and 2. And, and as we come to bringing all of this together and closing this, let, let's read this, these two verses in this passage. It says this, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. And he who walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. Uh, this, this, is, this is so good because, first off, the word foolish there, it signifies an absence of wisdom. When you study that word and you look up that word, the word foolishness there is speaking about an individual who has no form of wisdom at all. See, foolishness, when we think about foolishness, uh, characterizes, well, well, what is foolishness? Well, the speech of fools, the reactions of fools, maybe the impulsive person and the reaction or even the speech and not having wisdom. Those are all things that Proverbs is covering. Foolishness in this passage also affects the lifestyle of a person, causing his or her heart to maybe come against God's heart, to, to, to be anxious or even mad towards God. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. That's not wisdom according to his word. And you know, you think about what Proverbs says here, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down. But there's one who walks upright and they fear the Lord. But the one who's perverse in his ways, they despise the Lord. You know, we could look at this and say, moms, you know, happy Mother's Day. Continue to go forward. Continue to do it right. Continue to build up your house right. Continue to fight the foolishness around you and, and do things well. Continue upright, fearing the Lord. And we could say, man, may all of this speak to our moms. May this encourage our moms to continue to do it well. But the reality is that this, does, this doesn't just fall short to just be a, a Mother's Day message. This is not just for moms, but it speaks to every single one of us. You see, we know, where, we know where we came from. We know who we belong to today. See, I am who I am because of him and where he's taken me through in times past and even currently. It's made me and it's making me. And like a wise woman, according to Proverbs 14, like a wise mom, we will be wise. And what are we all, all called to do? We are to be wise and build our house. Remember 1 Peter? He, he's really knocking some things down. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have sufferings. You're going to have fiery trials. 
I started to think about this, and I didn't want to get back into the passage, and there's many other passages that we could have spoken about. But the Bible does talk about there are two homes that are being built. Both homes are tried. Both homes are persecuted. Both homes go through the suffering. It says that both homes, the water and the waves and the wind, everything crashes. The wordage of those passages are important. Both homes that have been built have been affected by the storm. Both homes. But like a wise person, as Proverbs 14 calls specifically the woman of her house to be, we're to build up our house in wisdom. What do we mean by that? And what does this passage mean by that? See, we will not use the hands that God has anointed and that God has called to pull down the house, to destroy it. But we will use it to honor the Lord, to build the house. And what house specifically are we talking about here? It's the house in which he could dwell in. The tabernacle that belongs to the Lord. And and what happens is, I know many of us are learning from this season that we're in. And many of us are learning about ourselves because of the season that we're in. Some people thought they were great giants in the faith. And they're recognizing how frail they can really be. Some people thought that they were it. And they've learned something very special during this season. Maybe they've been humbled and broken. Maybe things have been exposed. Some people have been down and God's lifted them up. But every single one of us we're learning things of the Lord and I think through all this also he's showing us things about ourselves. And he's showing us as we've shared maybe what, some nine weeks ago, ten weeks ago? The structure of your house and how it's being built. Notice how we continue to come back to the same theme. Notice 1 Peter chapter 4. Notice Philippians 2. Notice all the passages we spoke on. Don't think it's strange when you enter these days. Don't be put to shame. Don't be ashamed. When you suffer, man, suffer as a Christian. Suffer with honor. Glorify God in this matter. How has your house been built when the storm comes? How, how have you been built up when the struggle hits? And Proverbs Cause wisdom out and foolishness out. And in the book of Proverbs, he says, Hey, wise woman. Hey, wise children. You, in your wisdom, you'll build your house. And the hands that God has used to do great things, you're not going to use the same hands. Listen to what this means. Ready? Man, I don't want to mess up anyone's up. The same hands that, that come to glorify the Lord. The same hands that you use 
to bring praise and honor to his name. They can't be the, the same hands that you come to destroy the temple of God. Instead, it's, and, and, he, and he goes on and he says that what God has given you to honor him, what God has given and has anointed, what, what he has called to use to build up, don't use it to bring down and to destroy. Use wisdom and, and in these moments and in these days, how are we really doing? And moms, for those of you that have fought, for those of you that have cried in the bathroom, taken a deep breath and come back out and said, let's do this again over and over. And for some of you, it's been Groundhog Day every single day. And moms who have done it well and parents who are doing it well and you're saying we're going to continue in the Lord. We're going to continue to build up our family and continue to build up our home and build up our faith. We honor you and we thank you for those that have fallen short. We strengthen you and encourage you and tell you to continue to build the house. It's a house that God dwells in. And then in Proverbs, he says, and he who walks in uprightness, that's the one that fears the Lord. Uprightness is a very important word in this verse. Why? Because it means straightness. It means the one who does what is right. That person, the one who does what is right, the one who is upright, that, that, that is the evidence. Their uprightness is the evidence that they fear the Lord. See, what is Proverbs 14 saying? That there is no crookedness in him. Their, their life has been set straight to look forward. These are the ones that look forward. They do what is right. When do you do what is right? You always are called to do what is right. One who has the fear of the Lord does not have to convince that they have the fear of the Lord. One who has the fear of the Lord, their lives itself convinces that they have the fear of the Lord. Their lives testify and speak it for them. The decisions and the motives, the reactions, the conversations, the whole lifestyle, the whole person, as we learned last week, body, spirit, and soul is being made holy. He who walks upright fears the Lord. But he who is perverse. Well, what does the word perverse mean? It means the one who goes wrong. I like this definition in the Hebrew as you define it it means eventually the one who's gone crooked he who is crooked he who is perverse in his ways despises him he detests the Lord he loathes the Lord and you know we could stop here and say thank you moms thank you moms for especially those yes that have set the great example. We are to follow that example. And we're to be what all these passages have told us to be. These are the things that make us who we are. We're to follow this and be this. And as I said earlier in 2 Peter 1, 10 and 11, it says, Therefore, brethren, brothers and sisters, what, what, what? He says, be more diligent to make your call, to make your election sure. If you do these things, you will not fall. You will never stumble. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make your call. Make your election sure. Do these things. Live in these things. You won't stumble. You won't fall, but you're going to be richly provided entrance 
to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an honor this is. Because to every single one of us, it's not just to moms, but in every single one of our lives, the Lord is taking us through a place. We are all in a similar place today. The whole nation is in a similar place today. And as we are in this similar place, are we closer to heaven today than we were two months ago? Should this process have brought us closer to the heart of heaven? Should this process have taken us to greater honor in the suffering, greater honor in the pain, greater honor into building up this house, greater honor into living in wisdom? What has this done for us? How are these moments and these days today making you who you will become tomorrow? These are the things that make us who we are. It's how we respond, how we dig now, how we get rooted in this. Come on, make your call, your election sure. Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. These are not the moments where you are rocked by fear. These are not the moments where you are drowning. I encourage every single one of you and all the moms, these are the moments where you rise above. Build the house. And these are the things that make you who you are and will make you who you will become. Let this process open up the doors of ministry for you. Let this process open up the doors of heaven for you. That you will not fall and you will not stumble, but that you would enter into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, where are you today? Are these the things that are making you who you're to become? Are those the things in the past that are made, have made you who you are? Think about who you will become. Amen? Right there where you're at, maybe you could stand with me in your couch, and in your living room, in front of your screen, TV, computer, phone. And I want you just to examine yourself right there. and I want you to search deep there. Hallelujah. I want you to, to really look within. followed along, you read some of the passage, you wrote them down, you'll go back and you'll study it some more. But you're recognizing where you're at in the midst of all this. For many of us, we could, once we say amen, we could continue to go on and celebrate moms and thank them because of this message. And we could say, mom, you know, a big part of who I am today, it comes from the way you paved it the way you set the trail for me and I followed it and I hope I've made you proud in where you stopped and ended it and where I've taken it and hopefully some of us you know who have families could say mom and we hope that you are honored by where we've taken this path for our children now to follow and hopefully when I grow old and my child is it's his turn to take his family that they would look at me and say, Mom, Dad, I hope you're happy 
and where we're taking it because these are the things that are affecting generations. These are the things that are making us who we are. And it deals with faith and it deals with building and it deals with discipline. It deals with correction. It deals with struggle. It deals with pain. It, it, it's a whole package. It's the good and the bad. It's the, it's the beautiful and the ugly. It's the ups and the downs. You know, it's the mountaintops and the valleys. It's, it's all these things wrapped up to make this, this beautiful gift. It's this beautiful thing that we're talking about in life, this life, this process. It's all these things. And when we open it, we can say, this is who I am today. Because of this up, because of this down, because of this struggle, because of this faith, because of this lack of, all of these things, it's what made me who I am today. And hopefully every single one of us we're being made better. And moms, continue to go strong. Continue to be better. Continue to instruct and correct. Godly parents, continue to go forward. Your children, though they seem to not be hearing you at times and listening to you at times, they are watching everything you do even before you say it. And they want to know that what you say matches what you do. And then they want to see the whole package. You're setting away you're, you're teaching, you're instructing, you're disciplining, you're discipling. You're building a house, a structure. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for every individual that is, that is part of this house. We thank you for every individual that is building up their own house and their tabernacle as well that you dwell in. That, Lord, that they would please you and that you would do the mighty work, continue to do that work in them. Continue to grow them, mature them strengthen them and Lord continue to give us Lord the ability to be above all of this that we would recognize the purpose the will of God in all of this many voices are saying many things many things are circulating today it's this tomorrow it's that and the next day it's who knows but there's one thing that is sure of itself and there's one thing that remains forever and that is the word of God. And that is our God who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if we are rooted and remain in you, all the earth may be changing. But we are rooted in the one who does not change. But moves us and transforms us into greater glory. From glory to glory. These are the things that makes us who we are. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for this awesome Mother's Day. Let us have a great day, a safe day, and let us have a joyful day. And let the homes be at peace. Comfort the one that has lost and the one who still has. Lord, let them rejoice. And let us not forget the ones who are missing and the ones who are hurting. Let us bring them in and say, you're loved and you're doing a good job and if mom could look at you she's proud of you and for the one who's lost children he will love you God loves you his eyes are on you your children are well God holds them continue to go forward we love you and Lord we love you 
hold us together until we come together. Thank you for Wednesday as we gather again on Zoom for our more gathering. We give all of this to you in Jesus' name. Yes and amen. Yes and amen.